Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports and business to history. And today, we bring you the story of Colonel Harry Stewart. Harry is one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen and fought in the skies over Europe to bring an end to the war and a victory to the United States. Harry, I'd like to start out by asking you about your early life. Okay, I was born in uh, Newport News, Virginia, 
on July 4th of uh, 1924. I was born to uh, Florence Bright, who was a uh, native of Gloucester County, Virginia, and Harry T. Stewart Sr., which was a native of uh, Newport News, Virginia. We moved uh, after I was two years old to uh, New York City, but uh, before that, uh, let me mention about uh, living in Virginia. We lived not too far from uh, Langley Field, which was a, a big military airfield at the time there, and my parents would put me out in my crib, and uh, uh, the planes flying over, evidently they attracted me very much because my parents would tell me how I would coo at the aeroplanes, but uh, anyway, that was followed up by a move to the uh, borough of Queens in New York City. Uh, We lived about a mile or a mile and a half from an airport by the name of uh, North Beach Airport. Uh, In 1939, they changed the name of that airport to LaGuardia Airport, which uh, everyone knows pretty well. That's about where I started. I guess my uh, yen for aviation was those two fields there being near Langley Field, Virginia, and in uh, LaGuardia Airport in uh, New York. So it was almost in your blood and in your bones. Yeah, in my blood and bones, and I guess you would use the word, uh, uh, the 25-cent word, inculcated, you know, in me, you know. Yep, and I love that 25-cent word. Let's talk about your your childhood and your high school library experience in New York City, because it turns out it's in your bones, but something happens in New York City that puts it in your mind. Talk about that. It was in the 30s there, I'm thinking about, where uh, aviation was quite a new thing uh, as far as the uh, traction and the adventure was concerned there. A lot was happening at that time with aviation. And, of course, I saw things like people don't see today, the great giant dirigibles flying over New York, like the Akron and the Shenandoah, and, uh, of course, the von Hindenburg. I saw that when it flew over New York on a couple of occasions. And, of course, I lived in New York when it had its uh, tragic end in Lakehurst by, uh, uh, by bursting into flames. But, uh, anyway, that was my attraction to aviation at the time there, and with World War coming along, uh, World War II, uh, the clouds in the sky of World War II, uh, there was the uh, draft that was taking place. And of course, they were drafting uh, uh, all able-bodied men between the ages of 18 and 25. Of course, I was still a teenager, maybe 15 or 16 or 17, but uh, I thought of the draft as I got to be about 17 years old, and uh, I was thinking about uh, volunteering for the Air Corps when I found out that uh, African Americans were not accepted uh, for training as pilot. Uh, while I was in high school at the time, I was in, uh, uh, in the library period, and I picked up a copy of uh, Popular Science uh, magazine, and There was an article mentioned in there that the uh, Air Corps had decided that it would permit Negroes to take training as uh, aircraft pilots and that they were going to form a uh, field or a squadron 
uh, of these pilots down in Tuskegee, Alabama. So I immediately went, I was 17, I guess, at the time, I immediately went to the uh, draft board and uh, took the examination to uh, become a uh, cadet there, and I passed the examination. And, of course, uh, after I reached 18, I was called into the service and sent down to uh, Tuskegee, Alabama, to begin my training. And that was the 99th Pursuit Squadron that we're talking about. Now, you take this train ride down to the south, and it's not like all things race were perfect in New York, because they weren't. Uh, But the train ride down south was eye-opening for a teenager, Talk about that crossing of the Mason-Dixon line and what you experienced. Well, that's true, because in New York, even though there was prejudice, there was not the mandated segregation that you found in the South. So I was completely raised in a integrated neighborhood. I went to integrated schools. I went to integrated uh, social affairs. I went to uh, integrated movies, all that type of thing. And Uh, The transportation system was all integrated. Uh, When I got to the Mason-Dixon line when I was going into the service, and that was uh, that imaginary line that crossed uh, Washington, D.C., that was where segregation was enforced by law at that time there, where I was sitting with some friends of mine. These were white friends who were living in the neighborhood with me who were going in the service the same time I was and was headed south the same way I was. And the conductor came back uh, when we got to Washington, D.C., and he pointed to me and he said, you'll have to go up to the front car. That's the Jim Crow car. So the fellows I was with, you know, they weren't familiar with this and says, well, that's okay, Harry, we'll go up with you. So he says, oh, no. He says, you have to stay back here. That car up front there is for the colored people, and that was my uh, first experience with uh, with Jim Crow and enforced segregation, and of course I lived under those forced segregation uh, rules all the time that I was in the service. And when we come back, we'll continue with this remarkable life story, the story of Colonel Harry Stewart here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. continue with our American stories and the story of Colonel Harry Stewart in his own words, one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen. Let's talk about your time in the service down at Tuskegee Army Airfield, because you described in your piece in the Wall Street Journal that the sky was filled with silvery planes emblazoned with the Army Air Force's star and circle insignia. Now, this gave you great pride, and yet you were living in a country 
that at least in a good part of the country, most of the country, there was prejudice. But in a good part of the country, the South, there was such deep racial prejudice that you were pushed into a, a separate car. How does one hold together the idea of being prideful about seeing that, that American flag and fighting for your country at the same time that the country isn't recognizing that you're, you're fully human, uh, at least in good parts of the country? Well, two things. First is uh, that was that is my country, or that was my country. There's no question about it. I had no other country. The other thing is that I was very well steeped in uh, patriotism. I I remember class at the first class in the morning that we'd had. We'd have to stand by the side of our desk there. And there were the blacks in the class, and there were the whites in the class, and the Chinese in the class. We were all together with our right hand placed over our hearts, reciting the uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Patriotism was inculcated with me. This was the only country that I knew. And number three, of course, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution of the United States, which read a very beautiful document, even though it may not have been lived up to at the time there, but it was something that I I felt as though was coming that I could aspire towards and sometimes see in the future. You wrote in the Wall Street Journal, you felt you were part of something big, something magnificent. You weren't just learning to fly, you were serving your country and you were going to fight. And let's talk about that P-51 Mustang, because my goodness, what fun it must have been for a young man to have gear and equipment and engine and power under the hood that few men in America got to experience, let alone enjoy. Talk about that first experience, seeing those P-51s and getting to fly one. It was quite a thing for a uh, 19-year-old because uh, I didn't even know how to drive yet. You know, in New York City, you didn't have to. But uh, yes... Yes, it was something big because, you know, these big things were, it, it was in the propaganda that was being espoused throughout the world, you know. This was the war to either bring about the regimen of the Nazi bowers or the freedom and the, that we live in the uh, United States here. So it was a big thing, and, you know, there were something like 11 million men and women under arms at that time there. So you were part of a a big thing and, uh, you know, bigger than anything that has come up, you know, since then. I started with a very low-powered aircraft, which was uh, similar for all beginning cadets in the Air Corps, no matter where they were. But it started with the uh, PT-17, a bi-wing plane, and after you successfully finished Training in that one, you went to a higher-powered train, which was the BT-13, which was one of those that I talk about, emblazoned all-metal barrel ship planes there. Uh, It wasn't until I got overseas that I was introduced to the uh, aircraft that I would fly throughout combat, and that was the P-51 Mustang which was just an absolute delight. In one picture that I saw one time, movie, the the Cadillac of the air. It was quite an aircraft. Now, you flew 43 combat missions with a 332nd fighter group known as the Red Tails. Talk about your commander, because he's a legend, and we're talking about Benjamin O. Davis, Jr. Talk about what it was like to serve under him. Yes, he was a West Pointer, 
and he was the uh, second or third black that ever went to West Point. But when he went to West Point in 1932, there was still the mandatory segregation that they had in the service. So even though he was in a... uh, a class of uh, something like close to 400 cadets there. He lived alone because they mandated that there would be no integration as far as concerned. So he had a room to himself, and he ate alone for all four years that he was in West Point. However, with that onus on him, he managed to graduate uh, 35th in a class of something like 375. It's spectacular. Uh, It's it's a remarkable thing, and... What a how far we've come still how far we have to come but it's so unimaginable to so many of us yes. living today that we would be sequestered like this at our nation's finest military institution because of the mere color of one's skin. He he said to you all at your briefings, gentlemen, stay with your bombers. What did that mean and why did he say that to you? I think it had hidden meanings there for instance that the mission of the fighter groups was to protect the bombers. That was their sole mission, to protect the bombers. But however, we had uh, hot dog pilots who were leaving the bombers, uh, trying to uh, get some victories as far as uh, shooting down enemy aircraft were concerned. A lot of pilots could get away with that, and uh, but can you can imagine what would have happened if this happened to one of the uh, Tuskegee Airmen, and as a result of them hot-dogging it and going after the uh, enemy fighters there to get the uh, glory of the kills in there that a number of bombers got shot down because they uh, lacked the protection of those people that left them. So as a result, the war came to a conclusion, and the 332nd, which uh, now is known as the Tuskegee Airmen, had the best record as far as the safety or loss of the uh, bombers that they escorted were concerned. Uh, We lost the fewest bombers of uh, any of the fighter groups that were over in the 15th Air Force uh, in Italy at the time there, which was quite a feather in our cap. Indeed. And he also said this, and it it goes to his convictions, uh, and despite how he got treated at West Point, quote, the privileges of being an American belong to those brave enough to fight for them. That's really something to say, given the treatment he'd suffered at West Point, but tells you a lot about his character. Well, you know, and I think that's what made him and made me and made a lot of other black Americans a fully certified citizen of of, of the country here with all of the rights and prerogatives and that type of thing there. So, in other words, we earned our keep. Indeed. Let's talk about Easter Sunday, 1945, and you shooting down three German fighters. Uh, Talk about that day. We were on a bomber escort mission up into uh, Austria, and the command mentioned to us that uh, at the end of the mission, there might be a segment of us fighters that are uh, released to leave the bombers and go on what's known as a fighter sweep, a fighter sweep being is looking for targets of opportunity. Well, there were seven of us who were designated to uh, leave the bombers. Uh, We were looking for trouble, and we found it. Uh, We ran into a horde of Focke-Wolf 190s. But uh, three of us got uh, shot down. One of the uh, fellows got got shot down. He uh, Actually, his plane was damaged 
pretty badly, but he managed to make it back to friendly portion of Yugoslavia. The second pilot I'm thinking of, his name was William Armstrong. Uh, he was killed instantly. And the third pilot was a fellow by the name of Walter Manning from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He had to bail out. And uh, when he landed, he was picked up by uh, a mob of Austrians that took him and put him in the uh, local jailhouse of the uh, nearest town. Uh, a couple of nights later, uh, a mob formed again, and they broke into the jail and dragged Walter out, and they uh, lynched him from a uh, local lamppost out in the street there. And you've been listening to Colonel Harry Stewart, and he's one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen. Talk about some storytelling, folks. We're lucky to hear voices like this. It's why we do this show, so you can hear stories like this and Stories like this can be honored and remembered. When we come back, we're going to continue with remarkable American life, Colonel Harry Stewart's life, his story, here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. 
If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash OAS. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. And we continue with our American stories, and we return to the story of Colonel Harry Stewart in his own words. When we last left off, Harry was in a dogfight over the skies of Europe, and three of his fellow pilots had been shot down. Just returning now to the the three plane, the German fighters you shot down, uh, you received the Distinguished Flying Cross for that. Um, Talk about that in in terms of this fighter sweep that you did. This was happening at the same time that these other three fellows got shot down, but what had happening is that I had got in a, in a good position. I, uh, I don't think that the uh, two of these uh, Focke-Wulf uh, aircraft, uh, German aircraft, saw me, and uh, I pulled up behind them, and I, I, I hit both of them with the uh, 50 calibers that I had, and uh, pieces came off of the plane there and that type of thing. But at the same time, or just after that, I saw these tracers coming by me, and I looked back, and there was this German aircraft on my tail. And I was sure that I had it because he was in a position where, you know, you would say he just can't miss, you know. So I, I went into a very steep dive with the aircraft, and I pulled all sorts of maneuvers to try to get away or out of the uh, gun sight of this German aircraft there. And I, I pulled a steep turn very, very close to the ground there. And evidently, the pilot who was behind me there, the German pilot, lost control of his plane and hit what they would call a high-speed stall. But he went into the ground. When I got back to the uh, base there, the intelligence officer said, well, you get credit for that aircraft just as if you shot him down. So that's where I got the three from, and that's how I got the DFC. And uh, actually, as far as shooting down is concerned, I shot down two planes, but I got credit for a third one, which uh, they said would not have happened had not I been in 
combat with the plane there, so they gave me credit for it. That's a great story. And, and you called winning the war a double V. What, what did you mean by winning the double V? We had that victory overseas there, but we also had a victory of proving ourselves that we also were combatants who did a lot to uh, win the war there and that we, we paid our dues there. So it was a victory on both sides as far as our investment in this country is concerned and in regards to the racial discrimination that we had there. But uh, we proved ourselves, and that was the uh, part that we meant by the double victory. And that proving ourselves has uh, even turned out to be greater as time has gone on and as we've gone into this new century here and more recognition has been given to the uh, Tuskegee Airmen because... Well, before getting out of the service, and it was in 1949, General Vandenberg, who was the chief general of the uh, Air Force at the time, they had decided he would resurrect a game that was in the Air Corps before World War II, and that was a game similar to what we call today Top Gun. And he dictated that three pilots be sent from each of the fighter groups that they were in the continental United States here out to the environs of Las Vegas, Nevada, that's out in the desert there, and compete in a uh, aerial gunnery competition. And this aerial gunnery competition would take place in 1949. It would be the first Top Gun contest, and there would be these 12 fighter groups that would compete, three men representing each of these fighter groups. And uh, at the end of the tournament, there turned out that the three from the Tuskegee Airmen fighter group turned out to be the uh, winners. And that had to make you proud. Talk about life after the war and your service in the military and beyond. It was the same old, same old as far as the uh, 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 racial uh, uh, attitudes were concerned in the country. Uh, I thought that with my flying time that I had and with the record that I had, I could go ahead and get a job probably flying on the uh, airlines. And uh, I did apply with two airlines, and I was rejected because of my race. And uh, they admitted that they weren't prepared to go ahead and take colored or Negro or uh, African-American uh, on as a pilot in a plane. One just dismissed me outright. The other, the personnel officer tried to explain that it wasn't the policy of the company, but if I were to get on the plane and walk into the uh, cockpit, it would disturb the passengers probably. They would probably lose faith uh, in the airline and, and uh, not fly the airline any longer. So it was a, it was a business thing, and uh, that was it. But I decided to go back to school. I had to go back to high school because I never had my... Uh, high school diploma. I had quick high school in order to go into the service there, and I did make up my credits that I needed for the uh, academic course there, and uh, I was qualified then to go ahead and enter engineering school, which I did, New York University College of Engineering. I got my engineering degree, and uh, after I got my degree, everything fell in line very well for me. I was uh, hired with no no problem by uh, a number of uh, very prestigious companies and ended up as a vice president of a uh, oil and gas consortium 
in the United States here, and that that was about it. I did, I did continue a little bit of flying after that. I belong to a Tuskegee organization out here, the uh, Tuskegee Airmen Museum, who were given some uh, aircraft by the uh, Air Force. And I dusted off my license and requalified myself in these aircraft. They're called motor gliders. And uh, I used to take local kids up in the uh, local neighborhood here and give them an orientation uh, in the area aircraft. They're hoping that someday it might lead them on to uh, getting a good job in the field of aviation, which some of them did. And uh, some of them are uh, pilots on uh, major airlines today. Well, it's a it's a heck of a story, and my the story of you volunteering for this is very dangerous duty. By the way, I'm not, I'm not sure that most Americans understand that people who volunteered to fly were really taking some of the greatest risks of anybody. My mother's brother didn't qualify to fly, but he qualified to jump out of those planes. And the mm-hmm. o- the only son of her father was killed jumping out of those planes uh, a few oh days goodness. a few days after D Day. But he knew what he was getting into and wanted to do it like so many of the young men did at the time. But talk about the, the, the knowledge of the danger of, of what you were getting into. Uh, because you all knew how dangerous flying planes in combat was, didn't you? Yes, but you know what we were? We were teenagers. And, you know, it's an attitude we have as teenagers or something like that. We're, we're sort of invincible. And bad things happen to other people, you know, that type of thing. So uh, that's why they take these people so young. And then there's that uh, feeling of camaraderie and group belonging and that type of thing. When I used to see the movies that we went to and the heroes in the movies, those guys like uh, like John Wayne and... Pat O'Brien and James Cagney and people like that, they made you feel uh, really good uh, in in seeing them uh, as heroes and protecting the country. And you felt the same thing when you went in the service, that uh, you would like to emulate those guys, even though they were in the movies there. You would like to emulate them in uh, in real life, you know. I'm heading for 96 now. I'll be uh, 96 on the uh, 4th of July, and I I feel just fine. Uh, All I can say is that I've had a blessed life. Uh, I I wouldn't change it for anything, and I feel as though I've really left nothing behind. A blessed life indeed. You've been listening to Colonel Harry Stewart, and we're blessed to hear his voice. He's not a character from a movie, folks. This is what a real-life hero sounds like in... The humility with which he told his own story. Well, need we say more? Colonel Harry Stewart's story, here on Our American Story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we continue with our American stories. And now we bring you the story of Edie Hand, a friend of ours whose life, while well, it was shaped by both a lot of love But as you're about to hear, a whole lot of loss. Here's Edie. It was a setting in northwest Alabama, just like in a novel. A sister's love for these three young boys, David, Terry, and Philip. Every afternoon after school, we would get off our school bus and run inside and get us a doodad cookie and head to the barn. I would saddle up my horse. My horse was named Trigger. 
and I named it Trigger because of Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. David would saddle up his horse named Spotted Clown because he loved the Long Ranger and Tonto. And then Philip, now he saddled up his horse. He had a little Shetland pony, and he named his horse Polly because he was in love with our Avon lady. And then there was Philip. He was just too small to have his own horse, so I would throw him on the back with me. We would head to the Indian mounds, and on our property we had about 40 acres, and we would get to the top of the mounds, and it was really a wonderful place to lie down, let the horses wander around, and we would start talking about our dreams. Now, David, he was going to be a race car driver. He was a great talker, and he was really funny. He would turn his hat around backwards, and he would get his pocket knife out and start cutting holes in his hat all the time, making them bigger and pull his curls through it. And he would pick up a pine cone and start saying, Oh, here comes Ruth Magoo down the road. He has one kid. No, I believe there's four, maybe five. Ruth had rather large arms, and she had one hanging out the side of the window, and she was smoking a cigar. So we just had a field day with Ruth Magoo. And then there was Philip. He was really kind of shy, and he felt like he was, he just didn't know how to get involved with people. But he loved music. And my mother's brothers were singers and songwriters, and we come from the history of the the late Elvis Presley of that family on our grandmother's side. So he says, I think I'm just going to grow up and be a songwriter and maybe drink a little whiskey because that seems to get all the girls coming around. So we said, oh, well, whatever, you know, he was going to do. But I learned from him about seizing moments in life. And he was that way. He tried to seize moments if it was playing football If he were up to bat for a baseball game, he wanted to be the best he could be, always practicing to be the best and seize every moment of something that could be great, not good. And then there was Terry. I think I learned the most about life from him. Uh, He taught us about courage. He wanted to grow up and become an architect because our Dad's dad was a builder, and he built buildings and homes, and Terry said he was going to grow up and be a big architect. He wanted to build all kinds of skyscrapers, buildings. And we said, wow, we barely can say the word, but you're going to do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was kind of cool to hear everybody share what they were going to do, and they would say, so, Edith, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to write about other people. And I'm going to be a movie star. And they went, oh, sure. Well, we're going to visit you in your mansion one day, okay? And so we teased each other. And our mother, her name was Sue, but her mother had named her Ripple Sue. So we would call her Rip Dip, which she hated. So when we were on the Indian mounds, and Rip Dip would get really loud. But when she was about the fifth or sixth time, Edith, David, Terry, Philip. Come home and eat. Well, we, I said, boys, let's get up. It's time for to go home. Rip dips on our last screen, you know. So we would know to mount up, get those horses back to the barn to go have dinner. But it was a wonderful way of growing up. 
in this simpler times. But I guess I just didn't realize that what was happening in my life and what I was learning from them, it was my only time that I was going to have with them because they would die young. David died at the age of 19 in a car accident. I was a senior in college. I was devastated. At that particular time in my life, he was my best friend, and he was the most important man in my life. So it took me a year just to kind of get back into the groove of life. And he was the first one in our family to pass away. Ten years later, my brother Philip was killed in an automobile accident. I remember what a horrible time it was that my father called me and he said, I'm, your mother and I just can't go. Would you come and identify your brother? I just didn't realize how hard that would be. I drove to North Alabama and identified the body. It was just so hard seeing how life really was. One day you can be with someone, and the next, they're not a part of your life. You're washing their last load of clothes. Then, I guess to me, the last one, the strongest one, Terry, they found he had an aneurysm in the middle of the brain. And Terry had brain surgery. And I'll never forget the courage that it took the night his neurosurgeon came out and said, I don't know if we can save him. I'm going to have to leave his head open. We're going to try to go back in one more time. Would you like to see him? I remember my mother was unconsolable, and my father was with her, and I went to be with him. It was like a war zone for me. I'd never seen anything quite like I saw in that room at the UAB hospital. I'd never seen that kind of pain before. His hands were strapped down, and I remember he said, you have to save me. You have to save me. And I, I could not save him. And I stayed with him as long as I could, and I prayed. I tried to comfort him. There was no way to comfort him. I went outside and I said, you have to do something for him, Doc. You have to do something. He said, I'm going to put him in a room. You can stay with him all night. I don't know that he'll make it, but we're going to try surgery again tomorrow. I remember I didn't think he would make it either, but he went into the surgery. They lost his hearing. He, he lost his taste. Several things weren't the same. They sent him home more of a broken man didn't think he would live very long. But Terry, watching him fight for life, taught me so much about courage, of how he wanted to live as best he could, that my father built a ramp in his sunken den that he'd built his home with his own two hands on his land. He talked every day or listened to country music. Then he realized when he went back to the doctor that he was going to be losing his speech. I never saw someone with that much determination. He says, what can I do, Edith? So I, I fixed an A to Z sign for him. And I said, I'll point at these letters. We'll make it work. So that is the way we communicated. And he said one day, he said, 
I am going to lose my voice. Would you promise me that when my time comes, would you come and hold me? And I want you to tell our story one day that the Blackburn boys, that our life would be an encouragement to tell people it's important to be kind to one another, to enjoy the simpler things of life. It's not all about the money you can make, but it is what we do for one another and how we encourage one another. You know, and I am glad that God allowed me to be able, when I got the call, I wasn't there at that time, to come, and I held him in my arms. Now they're all buried under that big oak tree. And in the loss of these three young boys, it took me a long time, but I know this, no matter what season of life we're in, or what hardship we face, or heartbreak, that there is something beautiful to come out of it if we look for that. And that has been my saving grace. And you just heard Edie Hand's story. There's not a dry eye in our room. And what a story about remembrance, about family. How he fought for life taught me about life, she said about her brother Terry. Be kind to one another. Enjoy life. It's not all about the money. What a beautiful story. What a sad story. Edie Hand's story here on Our American Stories. a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on I iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.